Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. So, how have you been since our last episode? Good. It feels like the last couple of weeks have just flown by. Um, been super, super busy, but had lots of lots of fun stuff going on. It was my mum's birthday, so we went away to the yes. Peak District, which was gorgeous. It oh looked my stunning. It's been so, so long. I think last time I went, I was a kid and I was at that stage where you really hate walking and it's just you complain the whole way. Whereas this time I was like, oh my gosh, views and hiking. This is my favourite thing. Um, it did look absolutely gorgeous from all of your pictures and all your stories on Instagram. So I can definitely recommend it. It's a gorgeous part of the country. A good staycation mm, option. Yeah, always love a staycation. And what about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? So, not an awful lot. I've had quite a chilled couple of weeks, which is actually... I'm really pleased about it. I feel like I crammed so much into every weekend for quite a while. I do like having a couple of quieter ones. So this one just gone. Because I'm essentially a child, um, and I have the humour of a child, I went to see (laughs) Johnny English on Saturday night, which was brilliant. Like... I loved it and I went with Alex, he absolutely loved it too, his parents thought it was really funny and if you like Mr Bean, if you like Johnny English, if that's your kind of humour, you will find this really funny I think. It, um, they bought Boff back, the original Boff, which oh, I, love I really thought Ben Miller was missing from the second movie so I was pleased to see he was back and it was just silly fun. The best part was it was showing at 6.30 so we saw it by 9 o'clock, it was brilliant. Oh, Ready amazing. for Strictly. I think I'm- I'm going to go this weekend, I think, and go and see it. I would really recommend it. It's just silly, fun. Like, uh, the bit with his false name, I'm really excited for you to watch that because I feel like you will <laughs> find it just as hilarious as I did. And I was just almost crying in the cinema with laughter, which doesn't really happen that often for me. Um, but then, other than that, what else did I do? Oh, on um, Sunday, I officially reached middle age and got a National <laughs> Trust membership, which, if anyone listened to our last episode, you remember both of us saying um, we should have got a National Trust membership, and now I have one. <laughs> so, I'm so glad that out of anyone, one of us has taken our own advice I know. and actually gone and bought the national national trust membership i know well we i needed it to get into sheffield park and sheffield park is not near sheffield it's near kind of like uckfield area um in east sussex but it was just absolutely beautiful i imagine it was a lot like the um the arboretum, the arboretum. yeah i can never remember the name of it yeah so it, it, i imagine it was quite similar to that it was just absolutely loads and loads of gorgeous trees really just it was just so so beautiful and it was really lovely to go for a walk we spent about three hours there i think but if you go go early like we were in the overflow car park when we arrived at 10 a.m oh my god and when we left at half one they were queuing to get in for like nearly an hour so yeah that's madness total madness but really really beautiful but other than that no it's been pretty quiet really which is quite nice i'm just prepping to go away next weekend which i'm very excited about so that leads us on nicely uh, to our recommendations for this week. Uh, what, what have you got? So the fir- I've got two this week. Um, the first is an article by Sally Hughes that was on the pool at the start of this week. So we will leave all of our recommendations linked in the show notes and um, a copy of them on the Instagram page if you want to go catch up with them at a later date. But the article was all about estrangement and it was kind of coming on from following Meghan Markle announcing her pregnancy or the Duchess of Sussex as she is now known. Um, there was a lot in the media about what her sister, I believe, said, or her half-sister, was saying about how she hopes it brings the family back together um, and that she allows her father to be part of the baby's life and all of this. So there's been a lot of talk about estrangement um, between families. And Sally Hughes wrote a really brilliant article on it. Um, 
really delving into how if someone makes these choices they aren't up for discussion in fact they're actually something we should always respect because they're very complex issues um and often people don't fully understand it and there's a the multitude of reasons why you may estrange yourself or why you may have estranged members of your family just a really brilliant article really resonated with me and I really enjoyed reading it I I love a lot of the stuff that's on the pool uh, particularly written by Sally so we will leave that down below um what would you recommend this week that's funny because I actually have an article as well that I saw really? on the pool. aren't we educated and cultured <laughs> Um, it's, I mean, it's something slightly different, but I thought this would really, really um, resonate with both of us, actually. It was an article by Porna Bell, mm. and it was basically, um, she returned from a year sabbatical to New Zealand and India. And since she's been back, um, she's now decided that she will never book up her social calendar more than two weeks in advance. Ooh. And I think it's a really, really interesting idea because she basically said how she felt so overwhelmed and anxious with how her social calendar used to be. And then she went away for a year to these countries and they are just not countries that forward plan. You don't make plans for three months or six weeks in advance. That's just not mm. something that you do. You you call up and you say, are you free tomorrow afternoon? And you go for lunch or do you want to come over and we'll have dinner tonight? And she says like she'd go out on a boat ride in New Zealand the the same afternoon that she organised it, like earlier on in that day. Yeah. And um, she said the second she came back to London, old habits returned and it would be a sense of dread looking at her calendar and how packed it was and how that's just, in terms of your mental health, it's just not good for you because it's so draining. It, and, and it kind of links back to what you were saying at the start of the episode in that sometimes you need that weekend or that bit of time to literally do nothing yeah and so she's now enforces a two-week rule where she very politely says to people if I'm very sorry I'm not currently taking bookings for things that are more than two <laughs> weeks in advance and I'll check nearer the time she makes a note to check back nearer the time but it just says it means she's not overwhelmed and there's actually a nice element of spontaneity in her social plans that yeah. she didn't have before but there's just a little paragraph that I thought was absolutely perfect and it just says continuously planning your life out that far in advance means your mental well-being takes a huge whack because you're either going from social engagement to social engagement that you're in no mood for or you have to pretend like everything okay which can be even more stressful and I just thought that's that's a really good idea I don't know how possible it would be for people like us but I thought it's really interesting in terms of prioritizing what you want to do and what's important to you I think that's really true. I've been thinking so much about this recently, about I'm sick to death of the I'm so busy. And I think lots of people are. It's kind of boring to just hear everyone be like, I'm just busy, I'm just busy. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about and it's something I want to write a piece on. Um, So that sounds really, really interesting because I was looking at my diary the other day and I was like, okay, I now don't have a free weekend until the middle of November. That's fine. I'm really excited about everything I'm doing on all of those weekends. But there is a part of me that's like, well, even on my most quiet weekend for the past two months, I was still doing a lot. And I'm not sure that is actually a good thing. So that's I'll, I'll, um, I will read that when I link it up because that sounds really, really interesting. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was your other recommendation that you had? So my other recommendation was a little bit spontaneous because I didn't realise it had launched. I didn't. So it's an album. It's from an artist called Ella May. 
Um, and I came across her stuff on Spotify and the track Naked um, is just a really beautiful track. It's one of my favourites she's done. And because I listened to that and obviously Spotify's algorithm, like everything else in the world, it brought up her album that she, I think she's recently launched. It's on the new in or recent launches, whatever it's called on Spotify. Um, and she's got a whole album on there and the album is just brilliant. It's really gorgeous, really... Um, how do I describe it? It's quite chilled out music to listen to. Um, yeah. But the lyrics are really, really powerful. It's I just really enjoy listening to her stuff. I quite like putting it on in the evening when I'm just pottering around or I, I don't want anything um, too kind of energetic that's going to get me fired up for the day kind of thing. But it's nice to have something on. So I'd really, really recommend it. Um, I can't actually remember what the album's called. Um, hold on one sec. Oh, I think the album's actually just called LMA by LMA. But it's got quite a few tracks on it. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, Naked is on that album as well. So I would highly recommend giving that a listen. Oh, awesome. I actually also have a music recommendation. <laughs> we are very in sync this week. I know. We, we don't discuss our recommendations in advance because we like it to be a surprise. But um, we've Maybe now we should. them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my recommendation is a genre of music. Actually. Oh, okay. Um, it's called Jazz Hop. And for really similar reasons that you've just described, actually, it's really nice to have one in the background. It's got it's it's not it's not too slow. And because I'm not Mm. a big fan of, you know, I'm not a very big fan of the mopey, ballady kind of. Can't be dealing. (laughs) But it's but it's nice and mellow. It's really chilled out. I love a little bit of jazz. And there's a YouTube playlist called Manhattan Jazz. And it is just full of some really lovely tracks i was actually cooking to it this evening this sounds right up my street it's really nice to listen to and it hasn't because it hasn't got words in or a lot of it doesn't have words in as well i find it easy to listen to while i'm at work so i'm not distracted okay i'm gonna play that tomorrow whilst i'm at work and i'm getting all my work done i'm really excited for that we'll we'll do a music swap i'll I'll do my rating of yours and you can rate mine yeah that'd be fun (laughs) okay so with that we're going to move on to our topic for discussion this week and this week we are talking all about travel both of us um have some trips coming up so we thought it was a really great time to discuss travel why we love traveling how we go about planning our trips and how we've gone about making travel work for us um because we travel in quite different ways and we thought it'd be quite nice to get some different perspectives on how we go about planning our trips, where we go and all those kinds of things. So I think I think it's really interesting that both of us kind of fell into our love of travel in really different ways. I think because my parents took me away a lot as a child. Um, the biggest trip that I can remember is they took us backpacking around Australia for six weeks um, when I was 10 years old. And that's always where I think of my lovers traveling having come from. And they really, my parents really nurtured um that aspect and that's why I love it so much now I think Um, whereas you come at it from a very different angle I feel like yeah so I didn't ever really travel as a child like we didn't so the first time I went abroad was to Disneyland when I was about I don't know how old I was maybe 10 or 11 but I didn't then go abroad again really um with my family at least until I was quite a bit older I think I was oh maybe 13 12 13 which I appreciate like people you know there are plenty of people who leave it a lot later to leave the country and that's totally fine um but I yeah as a child I never really traveled that much but I was always fascinated with the idea of traveling and seeing the world like even to this day if I see a map I'm a total geek over it (laughs) you do love your maps I love maps I've always just been really fascinated in different cultures and the way different countries work so 
as soon as I kind of got old enough to, travel was something I knew I really, really wanted to prioritise in one way or another. Um, so yeah, we, we both are obsessed with travel. I mean, if you follow Helly on Instagram, you will know that travel is her thing. So um, <laughs> I feel like Helly at least will be able to give some brilliant advice this week. So yeah, I feel like we've found our love of travel in quite different directions um, and we've come about it in quite different ways. But that doesn't mean to say we don't have a lot of similarities in the way we like to travel. Um, I would say we both, when we go somewhere, we like to really immerse ourselves in that area and get as much out as possible. I don't think you could say of either of us that when we go somewhere, we're not like up early, get cramming in as much as possible, taking everything in. Um, yeah. I think that's something we really have in common when we travel. Yeah, I'm very much as... As soon as I can, I'm up and I'm out of the door. Mm. Try and see as much as possible. And I know there's a lot of people who, a lot of people think, oh, don't you want to go to a museum and look around and really no. spend like several <laughs> hours there? But the fact is, the way I travel, I don't have the time to be doing that. And I think we both appreciate that if you're in a place and you've only got two days there, you need to just see as much as you can. Yeah. So I, I, I think we, we always, we, we are always very much try and make the most of the time you have in a place definitely it's planning that time and working out what you can fit into it but then I would also say there is a lot of differences in how we travel so I'm definitely not one who will do quite as much solo traveling and I maybe like my creature comforts a little bit more like I'm I'm not saying I'm a princess who needs a roll top bath when I travel that's definitely not the case however you're not going to see me camping anytime soon whereas I, I feel I feel like though maybe that's come from I mean, I was talking about that holiday I took with my parents when I was younger. We went away and we travelled. And I was, I went on a lot of camping trips with mm. my parents. And maybe that's now why I love camping. I love being outdoors. I love that hiking. And yes, I'm not a massive fan of the cold. But <laughs> I, I do love being in that outdoor environment. And I think, so I think that's probably had a huge impact from when I was younger. But also, solo travels also become a quite a big thing for me but again I think that's just come about because ver various different situations where there's there's no one around to travel with who's no one else is available and going by myself was the best option at the time um, but I feel like my kind of my travel style came from from those trips that I took with my parents when I was younger we did a lot of camping trips a lot of outdoor trips and that's just led to me really enjoying any kind of trips where I can be outdoors, going hiking, mm. really being outside in nature and enjoying that aspect. It's not to say I don't love other types of trips as well, but I think that's something that I'm really comfortable doing. Yeah, I would definitely say that isn't my comfort zone for travel. I love cities. I'm such a city girl. And don't get me wrong, I love being out in the countryside. Um, but for me, when I go to the countryside, maybe I go, especially if I go somewhere like Dorset, um, which is one of my favourite places in the world, then I go there with the intention of really switching off. Like I, I almost want to be able to sit there, not in silence, but be able to just do nothing. For me, the idea of going on a hike is hell on earth. As anyone who has ever tried to hike with me will tell you, there's a lot of profanity. There is a lot of huffing and puffing. There's a lot of inappropriate shoes. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, when I used to when I used to be made to go walking in Dorset, I did wear hiking boots. Believe it or not, I own hiking boots. Um, I'm impressed. Well, there was a short spell where I did DV and that did not last. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I know. I yeah, it's not something I pursued. But for me, cities are where I feel really comfortable. They're the parts I love the most. I feel like there's so much you can get out of a city. And particularly if I'm short on time, 
I would rather go to a city because I feel like um, almost like I don't have to change my mindset, which might sound a bit weird, but I feel like if I fly out of London on a Friday night and I land in, say, Milan, which is where I went earlier this year, um, on like the Friday evening, then I don't really have to change that mindset of being in a city. Whereas if I then go out to the countryside in the middle of nowhere, it does take me a couple of days or at least a day to really relax into that new environment and to feel like I can switch off from the outside world, which is why I think for those kind of trips, I prefer to go for a longer period of time. See, that's really interesting because, I mean, if I'm in the outdoors, I'm the opposite and I'm go, go, go. I want to be hiking and climbing that mountain and (laughs) doing all that kind of thing. But often, just because of the fact that I work full time, if I take a trip like that on a weekend, it's most of the time it's a city break somewhere in Europe just because it's Mm. a lot more accessible. And I I really, I, I think that's actually quite similar maybe in our ways of travel because if it's a weekend break I'm taking, I will plan it to a T yeah. for that exact reason that it's, I've got a couple of days and I need to fit in everything. Whereas if I go away somewhere longer, then I am, um, I do not book anything. I mean, when I, I did a road trip last month around Albania, Macedonia and Greece, and we did not book accommodation in advance <laughs> at all. We drove, we booked accommodation driving to the accommodation every single day. <laughs> so I, I feel like I have very different travel styles entirely dependent on how long my trip is just so I can maximize what I'm doing. I think that's really lovely though. And I think that really does show that because not everyone loves traveling, not everyone wants to go away. And I do think there's that stereotype of you should travel in a certain way. And I think that proves that you really don't have to, like you can have your very personal travel style and what works for you. Like I know you're, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I know you're a really big fan of solo travel and that's something I'm trying to get into more of, but I feel like you're the pro when it comes to this. But I think this is this is the thing. I mean, I know that you've really tried to branch into solo travel this year. Mm. And I think that's a really great thing. Uh, it's a great point to make that there is no right way to travel. Definitely. And solo travel might not be the one for you. Whereas I, I'll go off for weeks or months on my own. But it's something that you wanted to try out and you turned it into a solo trip that was right for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one thing I learned from traveling on my own was that there are some brilliant pros, but there are also those cons. And for me, I loved the independence I had. Like, I just love that I literally, if I fancied a coffee, I went and got a coffee. I wanted to get up really early. So the solo trip I did was in Milan in March this year. Um, And I wanted to climb on top of the Duomo oh god I've butchered that haven't I apologies my pronunciation (laughs) is awful um but you can go on the terraces first thing in the morning so I was there queuing up in the rain at 8am and it was freezing cold I loved that I could do that without worrying about whether or not anyone else wanted to do that with me yeah I think this is one of my definite pros because I love taking photos so much don't you find when you're by yourself if you want to get the perfect photo (laughs) you feel so much there's so much less pressure if you're by yourself if I'm with someone I'm really conscious that oh I'm really sorry I've not quite got the shot I wanted and I feel under pressure that they're getting annoyed and they want to move on whereas if I'm by myself I can spend 20 minutes taking a picture of that same side of a building no I completely agree the only exception to that is if we travel together because we both have that same mindset oh yeah us two together is 
we're on the same page with that. Like, yes, we'll we'll take the same photo 200 times until we're happy and that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think when I... So when I did my solo travel trip, and the reason I wanted to do this came out from the fact that last September, so a year ago, Heli and I went to Montenegro for a week and we did a road trip around Montenegro. And whilst we were there, Heli was telling me about all of her solo trips she had done. And I just thought, God, it's so cool that you had the confidence to go and do that because for me it felt like the most intimidating thing in the world like I could just never do it the idea or it's not that it hadn't crossed my mind but it wasn't something I thought was I want to say accessible to me in a weird kind of way um but after that trip I thought no this is something I really want to try like you had so many great things to say about it and so many amazing experiences I couldn't let not having anyone to go with be the reason I didn't go somewhere I think I think that's such a that's such a big point because you people say oh I wish I'd done this I wish I'd gone there and yes it, it is it can be nerve-wracking traveling by yourself but I don't think not having someone to go with should be a big factor mm. in whether or not you go and because you don't like I said you don't have to be going halfway around the world to get these great experiences you can just take a little city break or oh, stay in the country if you want yeah. to take take a cheap Ryanair flight to Ireland it's it doesn't matter where you go it's those steps that are comfortable for you and I just think even if you do it once in your life and decide it's never for you you've given it a try completely I think it completely goes back to the thing we were saying about travel styles for me I knew that my first solo trip was not going to be to Australia for four months don't get me wrong, I would love to go to Australia for four months, but really, I'm someone who can be a bit of a nervous traveller. I really don't like being in situations with any uncertainty. I'm a complete control freak, so I was like, okay, <laughs> let's scale this back. I don't have to leave my job and go travelling for five weeks, um, completely like Kelly did, but I could maybe make this a bit more accessible for me. Like, okay, what's my budget? What time scale do I have? How long do I think I'm going to want to be on my own for? So I just narrowed it down to, okay, let's keep it in Europe. Let's keep it to a country I'm familiar with, a, a city that I've already done a lot of research on and I want to go to, somewhere it won't take me very long to get to. And it sounds silly, but also somewhere that I could really easily contact people from home, not just in case of an emergency, but also in case I was just wandering around and walking between places and wanting to catch up with someone on the phone. That, for me, made a huge difference. Yeah, and I think I think that's also something to bear in mind as well, especially for people who are UK based, who are maybe thinking about trying out solo travel. Your your phones are now completely covered mm. in the e in EU countries by your current phone plan. So you never feel like you're too far away or you're too kind of removed from help or some support if you need it. And I think that's a really significant thing because all of a sudden anything or anyone you could possibly need whether you need to call someone or someone or just check something on google maps it's right there on your phone you don't yeah. have to worry about finding some wi-fi yeah definitely google maps having google maps that work and having city mapper took so much of the stress out of it and i know there is an argument and a lot of people might say well you know you should go and fully immerse yourself and not have any contact with home i, I for me i i don't really see the benefit of that if i'm totally honest um, that wasn't what I wanted to get out of the trip. Whereas I feel like maybe that is what people want. If that's what you want, then 100% fine. The only I mean, thing I've, yeah, I feel like I go the opposite way. If I do a short trip, that's exactly what, what I want. If I'm going mm. somewhere for longer, I go the completely opposite way. So at work, I'm organized and I'm on top of everything. And 
that's how I am in the UK. Whereas if I go away for a longer trip, that's when I kind of embrace the spontaneity and I will never plan anything and tend to go slightly maybe off grid, much to Mm. my mother's concern. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's concern. It's never for that long, okay? Like just a few days here and there, bad Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say the only thing I found with solo travel, and I feel like you would have some good suggestions to overcome this, and I'd be interested to know if this was something you found as well, is that I found it to be quite lonely, lonelier than I thought it would be. Um, I stayed in a hostel, which was my first hostel experience. And actually, do you know what? The thought of that stressed me initially because I was being a bit of a snob, um, to put it bluntly. And actually, <laughs> it was it was nicer than some hotels I've stayed in. It was absolutely lovely. Everyone was really kind. I kind of had anticipated that the people who I was sharing a room with would be quite chatty. Um, and they weren't at all. Like, even when I tried a conversation, that no one wanted to have a conversation. So I found that quite difficult with the loneliness. And I think that's what might put me off doing it again. Yeah, I I can definitely see that angle. And I really do think that comes down to luck because I can think of trips that I've gone on this year, especially weekend breaks, where mm. I've been in a room with people and they've just not wanted to talk. But if it's a weekend break, that kind of suits me fine because... Yeah, that is true. I don't want to go... I sounds awful but I don't have the time to socialize because I've got a whole list of things I want to do and I don't want to make too good of friends and then go out and drink one too many and then not be able to get up for sunrise at 4am <laughs> but those are because those are my priorities I would say on a longer trip I've really found it's so much easier to socialize because on a longer trip you have no choice mm, that is true I guess you're and in a you're, different mindset yeah and you're going to hit a certain point where you think okay if I don't make this effort and take these steps to branch out and be the first one to start this conversation then I might just not be part of it and the only person that's going to damage is you that's so true and I've met so so many people on my trips and so many people that I'm still in contact with and I wouldn't change that for the world and I think that's because you're put into a situation that yes is maybe a little bit uncomfortable and a bit alien but you've always got to think it is for those other people as well. Everyone is in a same in that same situation. I guess as well that, yes, there's an argument maybe you won't have a lot in common with people, but, you know, you're all in the same place. Chances are a lot of you are there for the same reasons. You probably will have something in common. Yeah, and this is the classic joke as well. When when you're travelling, you're in hostels, it's, it's the stable conversation of, oh, where are you from? How long are you here for? Where have you come from? Where are you going to next? it's very easy to have travel related conversations with people who perhaps you would have nothing in common with in real life just because of the the nature of the environment that you're both sharing that's true actually i think even outside of that environment travel is something that i always find is very easy to talk to people about like where yeah. you've been if if you are passionate about traveling if that's something that you realize the person you're talking to is as well you can chat for hours about that oh 100% yeah and I Get love me on that topic out. and I'm I'm off. I love finding out where people have been. That's how that is how we ended up going to Northern Bali. I was talking to someone at work who I probably ordinarily wouldn't have a lengthy conversation with, and we just got onto the topic of travel. And he was like, You've got to got to go to the north of Bali. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'll I'll go have a look at it. Um we looked into it, realised it sounded amazing, and it was the best part of our trip. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the other thing. There's so many times that I can think of where I've met someone while I've been away and um, 
it comes up or where are you going to next and they'll give me a recommendation and it'll turn out to be absolutely amazing I mean I always remember being in Croatia and we were going I can't remember where we were going to next yes and we met someone and they said oh if you're going that way make sure you go to Plitvis uh, National Park Mm. like it's the most beautiful place and I'd never even heard of it now of course it's all over social media and it's getting insanely popular but it is one of the most stunning places of natural beauty I've ever seen in my life and if I hadn't have started that conversation I think it was someone on a bus (laughs) and if I hadn't have had that conversation with them I would never have visited there that's so true so I guess we just we need to be more chatty most people yeah. aren't most people are actually really nice i've found as well if you start the conversation and you think okay this person's a dick you can end the conversation but if you never yeah. have the conversation you could lose out on a really valuable friendship yeah and worst case scenario that person doesn't want to talk to you you you're That's probably fine. never going to see them again yeah so, exactly yeah, imagine if you hadn't good. started talking to taylor oh god yeah how mad would... would that be oh yeah god if i'd have been if I'd have not spoken to anyone in that hostel, I'd have never met him. How strange. That is so weird. Anyway. Although, <laughs> so one of the biggest cons, I have to mention this, the biggest con is, for people like us, there is no one to take your picture for you. Yes. Right. I feel like <laughs> you are brilliant at still getting the shot, though. How do you do it? I have now got a travel tripod. So I have a, I have a tripod that is a teeny tiny Amazon Basics one. You do not need to splash out, but mine's just a little one because it fits in hand luggage. And um, I have an app on my phone that connects to my camera and I just remote timer it on my tripod. That's so handy. It is amazing, but um, it is also a pain because you've got to keep running backward and forward, <laughs> making sure it's in the correct position. And it does mean most of the time I have my, either I have my phone in my hand or I've set it on self-timer and I'm, it's like mid-drop in the air because I'm dropping it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we're discussing travel... Something we all need to be mindful of is um, if you get the chance to travel, it is a great privilege and it isn't something that is always open to everyone, but there are definitely ways you can make travel more accessible. I think like Heli's already touched on it. We both work nine to five jobs, five days a week. Neither of us are rolling in loads of cash, um, but there are ways to make travel more accessible. And I feel like that's something we've both been quite passionate about doing for a while now. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I think it is is very much a, if it is a priority to you, you will find a way to do it because I feel like both of us have had those questions. How how do you afford to travel? How do you find the time? The truth is that's what I choose to spend my money mm. on. I would rather spend it on flights than, I don't know, dropping it on a designer handbag or yeah, something definitely. like that. But um, there, there are ways to maximize the amount of travel time. I mean, I only get 25 days of holiday a year and I know that is a luxury compared to some countries, but there are ways to maximize that even more um, just by even using your weekends, which is what we've both done. Yeah, most of the trips I do either happen solely on a weekend or encompass a weekend or even if I'm going away for a longer period of time I will try and catch my flights on the extremes of the weekend so when we went to Bali earlier this year we flew out very early Saturday morning and then landed back on the Sunday morning two weeks later so we weren't using like our annual leave days to fly on we were using weekends which we would have been off for anyway yeah I mean most most of my weekend trips I will I will find a flight that's last thing on a Friday night and I will fly back last thing on a Sunday evening Mm. and I've I've not taken any time off work for them Uh, it is exhausting 
absolutely <laughs> exhausting and I feel like I need another weekend just to recover from the weekend but it's it's so worth it and you've you've managed to use the time that you've got available and I think especially if you're in the UK or anywhere in Europe those those cheap flights all over the continent are so so handy definitely and also I think there's a point there about if you if you really set your heart on where you're going, there's definitely nothing wrong with having a wish list of where you go. But if you're being very, very um, restrictive on where you want to go, then yes, it will be harder to do. Yeah. I think we can both say we're not that precious about where we're going. Like there's a lot of places we want to go, but it's not really it's not really important to us when we go. So for example, the other week when I checked, you could fly to Oslo for a tenner. You could get return flights to Oslo for twenty pounds. Yes, you're so family, good. But if annual leave maybe isn't such a pressure on you but the budgeting side of it is if you're willing to be a bit more flexible with where you go and when you go you can make some amazing savings yeah a hundred percent and there's so many um like tools and applications that that look for cheap flights now i mean mine is always google flights i find it so so Mm. handy i can i can put in a, a country or even just I can hover over an area of the map with certain dates and it will show me all the different prices for those different areas and I just pick one that looks cheap. Yeah, it's a really effective tool. What we will do is we'll put in the show notes um, to this episode all the tools we use when we're planning trips because you probably don't, I mean, it's not going to be very fun to listen to us reel all these off. So Google Flights will be there and all the other things. So I know, Heli, you use Travel Libro. It's actually a really, um, it's a pretty new app or it's an app and also it's online but Mm. it it allows people to kind of in real time almost update their itineraries of itineraries of places that they go so I mean often I'll read loads of stuff about food in one place or the top 10 tourist attractions to see but this actually allows you to see itineraries that people have done in specific places and how they've managed their time and how they've kind of fitted in everything that they've wanted to during the day and it's, it's really it's really useful app to have actually mm. I think we've got so many resources nowadays as well to make travel more accessible that we all just need to make the most of them and share them with one another like I, yeah. I can't understand the logic of people not being willing to say you know this is how I book my flights or this is how I found that cute location like I find I use Instagram locations a lot so the um, geo tags yes. on Instagram to get a lot of food recommendations when I'm somewhere. Yeah, I do. I do the same. But for I mean, I use Instagram in general for a lot of inspiration mm. of places to go or food, any kind of great photography spots. I just I, I use those locations and also the hashtags or even um, I'll often look for Instagram accounts for that specific yes. place. So, for example, like visit Barcelona or um, Barcelona City. If you go on their Instagrams they'll be sharing what they think is the best content to showcase their own city. And that's yeah. a local's point of view. They don't just share pictures of Gaudi over and over again. It's it's them showcasing the best of their city. And it's a really great resource. Completely. There are a couple of accounts I use like that, that I have used. I use Bali and I use for Prague a lot. So I'll link those specific accounts below as well. God, we're going to have a hell of a show notes this week, aren't we? We um, are. But we'll leave all that link. But I think the one barrier a lot of people find with travel and it's definitely something that has um stood in the way of me traveling more and I think you'll probably share this as well is the financial aspect of travel I think there's no getting away from the fact that a lot of the time particularly if you want to go somewhere further away traveling is expensive yeah 
with, without a doubt it is it's not something that as much as you can get cheap flights and do a little city break if you if you are planning a a significant trip for for most people it's it is something that is going to take up a big chunk of money and mm. it's something that needs to be budgeted for I think as well when you look particularly on someone like Instagram and you see all these people in these amazing locations brilliant restaurants incredible hotels it can be really easy to be caught up in the idea that you have to spend money to travel and yes it's expensive but it's always worth knowing that there are cheaper ways to do stuff yes you will still have to you know fork out some cash for it but I think it's it's getting to a point where you you know what your budget is you know what you're willing to spend and what you're comfortable spending and you've still got that contingency in case you need it when you're away but then going okay how can I save in these areas what are your best tips for saving money when you're traveling oh definitely I mean I always stay in hostels I really think accommodation is the big thing that you can save on yes and I think there's such a misconception about hostels that it really is really grimy full of dodgy people actually if you look at hostels now they are they are clean they are new they're well maintained a lot of them will have lockers that they either they've got codes on or they supply you with padlocks it's very secure they've got secure doors it's a really lovely environment and they organize a lot of social events as well in hostels and also if you're not a big I don't know dorm sharing person they do also have smaller dorms or female only dorms or private rooms which are still which are still cheap and I think that's really important to consider those as an option definitely I think hostels get a really bad rap and I'm I was definitely guilty of this 100% um the way I kind of when I was looking at going to Milan I knew I wanted to stay in a hostel because the other part of me um, and th- so normally I would stay in an Airbnb. I rarely stay in hotels um, purely because I find Airbnb and hostels to be more cost effective. And I like the idea of having the freedom and the environment there. But I didn't really want to stay in an Airbnb on my own. It just yeah. did. It didn't make me feel very safe. And this, I, I just didn't like the idea of people knowing I was the only person in that environment so god forbid something happened or also I was on my own god forbid something happened to me like I don't know I slipped in the shower or something Um, I didn't really like that idea so for me a hostel kind of was that nice middle ground of I'm not surrounded by people I'm not paying the premiums of a hotel but there are people around and I just literally went on hostel world and I was like right I'm just going to filter it so it's only 8.5 stars and above or whatever um yeah and actually, I think the hostel I stayed in was maybe seven and it was really lovely. Yeah, it's, it is definitely a misconception. And I do it as well. I look on Instagram and I see all these gorgeous hotels and I'm like, oh, I'd love to go and stay there. And I look, I look at the prices and it's several hundreds of pounds for a night. Yeah. And I just think of what I could actually do with that money, not just on that trip, but on several other trips. That's more than I would spend on that trip and another trip combined (laughs) also like if if that's within your budget and that's what you want to do again amazing but it's worth noting as well that not always but a significant amount of the time when you see those places on instagram the people who are staying there haven't always paid full price for that accommodation i think there's an element of bursting the bubble around travel as well Um, and i think that's always something to bear in mind but i think the other thing when you're away um is definitely and it does kind of link in is when we go away, we often will take our pat lunch out with us. Like we will go yeah. to the supermarket, we'll buy our cheese, we'll buy our bread, we'll make our sandwiches. So we have our lunch considerably cheaper 
than if we went out to eat. We'll do our breakfast at home and then we may go out for dinner or we'll just eat in. And it saves yeah. so much money and it means that actually when we were in Croatia together, so we went to Dubrovnik, we literally went to Dubrovnik for a day when we were in Montenegro because it's so close. Um, and we really wanted to have a beer overlooking the sea. And because we'd saved so much money elsewhere, it was like, yeah, sure, 100%, like we can treat ourselves and then we could have an Aperol on the beach. I mean, we're not we're not huge drinkers, to be clear. <laughs> it sounds like all we did in that trip was drink, but it allowed us to have a little bit more cash to have the experiences around the food and drink yeah. as opposed to just, oh, well, here's another tenner on a salad and et cetera. Um, and it just, it saved us so much money. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's so many little things that you can do to to save those costs. And I think it, it's also important to think whether you're traveling with someone else as well, because there's a lot mm. of things that are cheaper if there's two of you. Yeah, a lot of I mean some hotels that actually have a cheaper rate if there's two of you sharing a room so that's something to consider but also things like renting a car so we rented a car and the two of us on our trip yeah. and that worked out better for us because we could have our own schedule do whatever we wanted but we were splitting that cost between the two of us and I think it probably worked out cheaper in the long run than us having paid for two bus tickets and two train tickets going oh it definitely did definitely and it, i think when you're with someone as well particularly if you're driving around it's quite nice because the two of you have time together to just laugh and catch up and chat and if you're yeah. not confident driving abroad you've got someone else with you yeah i love yeah, a road definitely. trip you, you cannot beat a road trip i've got one this weekend i'm yeah. very excited it's so so much fun it's such but... a fun bonding experience as well don't you think i think some of my best oh, yeah. memories from montenegro were on our really long drives yeah driving the scenery having some music playing oh so much fun driving over a mountain with no roadside <laughs> with no road oh, yet to be tarmacked <laughs> oh god that I'll be honest, that was one of the more terrifying moments of my life is when we were driving. Our sat-nav took us the most direct route from Podorica to, um, where were we going to? Tivat. Tivat, yeah. And instead of taking us on the main road, which was longer, despite it being a lot quicker, it took us the most direct route and literally took us. I mean, there's a reason Montenegro is called Montenegro. It took us over the top of a mountain and down the other side. There was no road. There were no railings. It's terrifying. It absolutely terrifying. And we were in this little golf. Like we were not, <laughs> we were not in a suitable car for the ex- expedition. It was. I mean, we got some amazing pictures, but yeah, I think. I mean, for that road, we should have had like huge tires and a roll oh. cage. That was the kind of road we were on. We should not have been in a tiny little city car. <laughs> I think um, our mums were very pleased that we didn't share this information until after we got back. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not advisable, Although, kids. Going back to the budget, though, mm-hmm. um, I think a really important important point that we've not actually discussed is you don't need to go abroad yes, to have a holiday. This, this 100%, I feel really passionately about this, particularly this year. I've spent a lot yeah. more time exploring the UK, um, realising how beautiful it is, and it's made me appreciate it so much more. But bloody hell, it's so much cheaper than going abroad because you're not paying yeah. as much for your transport costs. Yeah, you're, you are massively cutting down on costs. And I, I really focused on that, especially this summer. I went to Dorset and Cornwall and did that South Coast really for the for the first time. Uh, it was so, so much fun. And I think you just forget what's right mm, on your doorstep. Definitely. It's so easy to do that because you have all these grand ideas about travel. Actually, there's a lot going on right under your nose that it's so easy to forget about. 
Yeah, I think our Cotswolds trip was the epitome of this, wasn't it? I Yes. So Helly's in Oxford. Um, so I went to hers on the Friday night. We had a food shop. We got all our snacks and pat lunches for the next day. Left, I think, at like 8am Saturday morning and did the north of the Cotswolds. Went back Saturday night, slept at Helly's, did the same on Sunday. We saw pretty... I think we saw everything we wanted to in the Cotswolds in the weekend. Um, and it really did not cost us a lot. Like, I, I don't know how much that weekend came in at, but... I think the major expense would have been my train ticket from London to Oxford. Yeah, everything else we it was it was such such a lovely trip to be able to see that area of the country yeah. kind of at our own leisure, took our own picnic, just took some gorgeous photos, mm. experienced all these quaint little villages, and really there was no big expense that weekend. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was really good, and I think there are so many gorgeous places in the UK. And actually, it's true for wherever you live. Like, even if you don't live in the UK, your home country or wherever you're living at the moment will have so much more to offer you than you first think. And I think it's really important to remember that travel doesn't have to involve a plane ticket. Yes, 100%. And it does also go back to there's no right way to travel. Completely. I completely agree. If your way of travel is exploring your backyard or going down the road and exploring the Cotswolds or exploring the Peak District or yeah. exploring Cornwall wherever is wherever is close to you and nearby to you it's so worth having a look having a google and just seeing what's nearby that you might not be aware of completely again Instagram geotags is so useful for this and I think yes. when you start looking you start finding more as well yes. and I know that sounds like a real no-brainer but I think for me it's only when I've really started looking into my local area I've found this gorgeous stately home that is literally 10 minutes from my flat i don't live in a like a um rural area i live like in a really industrial like i live in greater london like kind of great london kent so it's not um it's not like a countrysidey part of kent by any stretch of the imagination but as soon as i started opening my mind to what was on my doorstep i found so much more yeah, I mean, that's how I found like the, the Western Burt Arboretum that we discussed last week. That's how I discovered that that was nearby. I even, I went pumpkin picking the other weekend. I haven't gone this autumn and I'm really sad. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to. Okay, right. I'm going to look that up after this. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it for you. Thanks. And I'll send it to you. But um, yeah, I found a pumpkin patch that's right near where I am in Oxford. Literally a 10 minute drive from my house it is 10 minutes Dreamy. away. And I had no idea and so I think what you can really take from this is that travel doesn't have to be really expensive difficult if you want to make it happen you can you just need to work out what makes you feel comfortable and what is your way of doing it and the way that you're going to get the most out of it because actually what you might want to get out of a trip is could be completely different to what someone else wants to get out of it it's just working out what that is and then going after it yeah, because bottom line is that travel should be an enjoyable experience. Definitely. Whether that's traveling abroad, just a quick city break to Europe, or whether it is just down the road and taking a nice weekend break somewhere in your area, you should always enjoy what you're doing. So as much as it's great to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, at the end of the day, this is your money and it's your time you're spending. So make sure that you enjoy it completely so that's it for our episode on travel um do feel free to get in touch if you want to you can share your travel experiences or any ideas you have for future episodes or anything you want us to discuss or maybe you just want to leave us some feedback um you can email us at 20s are hard at gmail.com or you can get in touch via our instagram page which is at 20s are hard 
So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you have a lovely week. Stay tuned on our Instagram to find out what our next topic will be and we'll see you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye.